0: Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, kindle in in us what needs to be kindled. Speak to us about what we need to hear about. Shape us, form us. Have your way with us. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts Be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. may be seated. We are closing out a series we've been doing for the past few weeks called C406D, standing for Church for the Other Six Days. And in the, the series, we've been looking at really applying it in two ways. First of all, we shouldn't just be compartmentalizing church and say, oh, so Sunday, especially Sunday morning, that's God's time. As if God isn't with us the rest of the week, right? So, you know, it's just that reminder, you know, the, the, the whole earth is the Lord's, not just what's in the building. Uh, uh, God is, is ruler at all times and all places. Everywhere, over everyone. Uh, But we're also looking at how our time together when we're here in worship and especially the the liturgy that we have. Because not everybody does this. You know, this is in some ways unusual in, in our culture, but very typical across the world. But having liturgy is something that's supposed to shape us and form us. Not just to be able to know what's going on in the church service, but so that we can be shaped and formed to follow Jesus for the rest of the week, the other six days. So today we're we're talking about prayer because our gospel is, is talking about that. Luke eleven one starts out once Jesus was in a certain place praying. So just think about that for a second. You know, what is Jesus what's he doing? If you're able to see him, you know, you might see him with his head bowed. You might see him walking around with his head up. I I don't know, you know, what he he might have been on his knees. He could have been bowing. Uh, uh, Who knows? I, I don't know what he was doing. But we do know that he's talking with somebody, right? Who's he talking with? His father. You know, is he just talking at God? No. What do you expect is also going on? God's talking with him. It's conversation, right? So, so Jesus evidently thought that this was really an important thing for him to be doing. He had so much he could have been doing, but he spent time praying. And he says, as he finished, one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. And that makes me wonder, is there something that the disciples were sitting there, and they're kind of watching Jesus and looking at this exchange, and they're looking at each other and saying like, Man, I thought I knew how to pray, but I want to know what he's doing. You know, I, I get the feeling I'm not doing it quite right. You know, what, was, what made them come up and say, hey, teach us about that. And then they give the little kicker. You know, John taught his disciples, so hey, this is something that you can teach us. Teach us. Teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, okay. This is how you pray. Now I just want to pause for a second and out of all the things that Jesus could have said, I mean he could have said, Oh no, 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 you're not ready. He could have said, Oh, no, prayers only for good people, church people, people that have their names on their pews. You can only do that on Sunday mornings or at the synagogue. You know, he didn't say any of that stuff. He said, Yeah, okay. Let's let's talk about how do you pray. Because prayer is important. And think for a moment. Just think for a moment. How amazing is it that God, the creator of the universe, wants to hear your voice. That he pays attention to you. Is that not amazing? At all the times that we feel sometimes so overlooked and so left out and and so unworthy and so you know we have we all have that I have that you have that, but God the Father, any time that you approach Him is like hey, and He wants to hear from you, and more than that, it gets even better. He he wants to have a conversation with you. He wants that. How amazing is that? It's amazing. The Creator wants to have a conversation with you. Um, The world needs to know that we're meant to be in a relationship with God. They need to know, because so many don't know that. And we, if you're sitting here and you're like, well, I I have one, you know, then the world needs to know what you know. It's amazing. It is absolutely mind-boggling that we can have a conversation with the Almighty God that created the universe and by His will holds everything together. He has time for us. So, the the disciples want to know they'd been praying all their lives. It wasn't that they didn't know how to pray, but they didn't know how to pray that way. And and Jesus said, Well, then this is how you should pray. In in other words, y'all, we aren't born knowing how to do this. We have to learn how. We have to learn what it is to have a conversation with God. And and Jesus said. Well, this is how you start. This is how you should pray. And he starts out, Father. Uh, There's uh, one time in in Mark, when Jesus is praying, he calls out, Daddy. He he says in Aramaic, but he calls out Daddy in his prayer. And I think that's the sense of what this is supposed to be, you know. And if you look up Greek, you know, it says potter, you know, it's, it's father. But I think the the whole sense of it is this is your daddy. This is somebody you can be intimate with. So that's the first thing that you got to know. If you're going to pray, the first thing that you should know is God really is intimate with you like a father can be. And I know our... You know, maybe your relationship with your earthly father makes that sound a little bit weird, but this is in the best sense it could ever possibly be. Call God not only Daddy, but our Daddy. He's not just mine. He's all of ours. Right? They also learned several things. They learned it's important to uh, to acknowledge that God is holy You know, may your name be kept holy. So God is different. He's higher. He's set apart. He's not, you know, just like us with our our brokenness and our foibles and our, you know, the little things that put us into a tizzy. God's not, you know, God is is something different. We need to remember that when you're talking to him. Uh, Remember to ask that God intervene in our lives. Is when it says, may your kingdom come soon, kingdom means may uh, your rule and reign, may, may your power, the, the things that you want, come to pass. So we're asking for God to intervene in our lives. That's a good thing for us to learn to do when we're praying. Uh, he says, also give us each day the food we need. Ask God about your, your needs. Ask him to provide for what you need. Evidently, God likes that. God li- it's okay with him if you come to him and say, I don't know what to do. I really need this. And as far as I can tell, there's no way to get it outside of you. So, evidently, God, God likes that. Likes for us to ask him about that. He teaches them, pray, pray like this. Ask God to forgive your sins. Ask God to, to overlook and the, those things that you have done or that you haven't done that you should have. Ask God to have mercy on you. Evidently, God likes that. And we talked about that. You know, you can find that sermon online uh, that we did a couple of weeks ago on that in, in more depth. But acknowledge your wrongdoing. And then also talk to God about forgiving other people. Because other people drive us batty at times, don't they? They hurt our feelings. They do wrong things. They don't show up when they should have. They hurt us. But there's something that's tied in uh, to our relationship with God is also has this this tie-in and and kind of this um, governor on it. That how we forgive other people affects our relationship with God. So, oh God, help us, right? Talk about that. Jesus says, "Hey, here's something for you to learn. Talk about those things with your Father." Again, go back in the sermon two weeks ago online, and if you want to learn some more about that, uh, seek God's help in steering us away from trouble. Oh God don 't let us yield to temptation, deliver us from temptation, right God evidently likes to be acknowledged and is willing to answer that prayer. so Jesus teaches pray like that and and then he teaches a couple of other things after he finishes you know teaching that little sample prayer he he tells gives a couple of examples and in his examples he 's teaching. So, you know, so I tell you, keep on asking, be persistent, don't give up, Uh, keep on coming to God. There's something about faithfulness, there's something about persistence that touches the heart of God. That's something we have to learn, Jesus says. So keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Why? Why? Because faithfulness and persistence and and continuing to come to God evidently touches his heart and unlocks answers. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, if, if you just, you know, this is like the secret of rubbing the lamp to get the genie to do what you want. But there's something in this relationship that as we keep coming back in this relationship with our Heavenly Father, and if we don't give up, that my guess is either you'll change enough that God is able to answer your prayer, or you'll change enough to realize that that answer that you were asking for, there's something actually better than that. Or that the timing will be better. Or, you know, something will happen. But but don't give up. Just keep on seeking Him. God rewards faithfulness. I think that's one of the things that Jesus teaches. He also teaches this. He says, uh, trust God to provide good things. That's, that's something that we should learn when we come to God. Trust that God will provide good things, uh, especially his own life, his own spirit to you. You know, he says this as he's teaching them. If you sinful people, if you broken people, if you people that don't know everything, you're not omniscient. Uh, you have your faults and your foibles and, and uh, you don't always know the right thing to do. But if you do know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your heavenly father Give good gifts in the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. God won't even provide His own self to you when you ask. And those we need to, to hear these things. We need to learn these things. Prayer is something that you learn over time. God's not going to do you dirty. We need to know these things, don't we? We read from Genesis 18 today about uh, a prayer that Abraham prayed and and this conversation that he has with God. And it's it's instructive to us. I mean, Abraham was worried that his, his relative Lot, who lived in the city, that God was saying, You know what? I think I'm about ready to wipe the city off the map. And Abraham's concerned for Lot and his family. I mean, this is his family. So he starts negotiating with God. You know, it says, uh, Abraham approached the Lord and said, will you, will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? I mean, suppose that you find 50 righteous people living there in the city. I mean, will you still sweep it away and not spare it for their sakes? And I love how he negotiates Surely you wouldn't do such a thing. God? Destroying the righteous along with the wicked. I mean, why, you would be treating the righteous and the wicked exactly the same. Surely you wouldn't do that. Not the judge of all the earth. Wouldn't the judge of all the earth do what's right? I mean, does he have chutzpah or what? He's... he's, What's what's one of the things that we learn from, from this example that we're given to read about how to pray? Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. It's okay. What else do you learn? Persistent. Be persistent and consistent. I mean, he goes on. The Lord replied, okay, if I find 50 righteous people inside them, I'll spare the entire city for their sake. And then Abraham's like hey great news how about 45 what because he's like he's starting to count up he's like oh, I don't think there's 50 <laughs> what if there're 45 okay well for 45 what 40 uh, 30 20 actually lot said what if there's only 10 and the Lord replies then I won't destroy it for the sake of 10 God has a conversation. It, it, it was pleasing to God and, and so Abraham's persistence changed things, perhaps. It at least taught Abraham that God is welcomes our boldness and God welcomes us having a conversation with him, right? And then God had you know that was it. God closed the conversation and Abraham went away satisfied. So be satisfied. That's another thing it teaches us. But I just I love that back and forth between Abraham and God. Um, prayer is what builds our relationship with God. It is the, one of the main means by which we have a relationship with Him. But it doesn't always come easy. And it's good to have instruction. And Who teaches people that don't know how to pray if the church doesn't? And I'm not talking about the pastor on Sunday morning. I'm talking about we're the church. If we don't teach people, how are they going to know? Right? Now, we, we not only have the instruction that Jesus gave his disciples, we not only have the examples of people like Abraham. Every Sunday we have examples in our liturgy about how to pray. It's, it's supposed to shape us. The liturgy teaches us how to pray. Prayers that have depth. Prayers that draw from the breadth of Scripture and what we've learned about a relationship with God through the centuries. You know, for instance, the, the Collect for Purity, we, we do very often around here. And you know this, so many of you. But what a great example of how to pray. Almighty God to you all hearts are open what does that teach god knows what's going on in here right it is just it's wide open to him you can't hide what's going on in here all desires are known by god from him no secrets are hid uh oh So, we pray, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. Oh, God, I I don't think that we can clean this out ourselves. We need you to come and to work in us, to clean us by your Holy Spirit. Because if you don't do that, we're not going to be able to love you well. Perfect. Remember, what does perfect mean? It means mature. It means complete. Whenever you read perfect, especially in the New Testament, I know what the Greek says, but but the the intent of it isn't to say you can never be perfect and without fault. The intent of it is is to say you need to be mature and grown up and full, you know, and whole. Oh, if, if... if you, God, can clean our hearts, then we'll be able to better love you and worthily magnify your holy name. You know, and that, that teaches us that God's name is, is, is his character, who he is. It's worthy that, that we worship him and honor him for who he is. And the more he changes us, the better we'll know him. And the better we can do these things. Our relationship gets that much deeper. And this happens through the Messiah. It's because of Jesus, through Christ our Lord, that this happens. So be it. Amen. Right? What a great, great prayer. What a great thing that we're taught in our liturgy. We're taught... uh, this, this has worked its way over the past year and a half into many of my prayers. And, and it, Those of you that, you know, we've gotten together for whatever reason, I've prayed with you. How often, just this is on my heart because I learned it from the liturgy. You know, when we're, when we're done, we, uh, we ask God to send us out to do the work He's given us to do. In other words, we go from Jesus teaching His disciples... He, he teaches his disciples, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send workers out into the fields. We go from that to praying that God makes us those workers and sends us out. Oh God, answer that prayer with us. Oh, what a great thing for us to learn. What a great thing to shape us. Send us out to do the work you've given us to do. That Jesus taught us to pray for. We're actually the answer. To love and to serve you as faithful witnesses of the Messiah. And then, oh, you deserve glory to you and the Holy Spirit and to Him. To be honor and glory now and forever. And that's worked its way into my prayers. So many of my prayers, I'm coming to that. Because it's shaped me. And every week... We're taught how to pray by the things that we pray with regularity, aren't we? Uh, and the prayers of the people. We're, we're given important topics to pray for. We're given examples of how to pray for those topics. Every week we pray for the, the church worldwide, the universal church. The clergy, the people, the mission of the church every week. We, every week we pray for the nation and, and all the authorities in our nation. Every week we pray for the people of the world. Every week we pray for the local community. Every week we pray for those who suffer and have needs or troubles. These are things that are good and pleasing to God. We learned this from the Scripture. God loves for us to pray like this. We pray and give thanks. We even give thanks for those who have been faithful before us who've taught us, maybe in our own families, maybe through, through the ages of the church, we can give thanks to God for those that have handed to us the faith once entrusted to the apostles. We have this long prayer that we pray every week around the, the table and, and communion. And it's, it shapes us, it moans us, not just so we can have communion today, But so that we can be the people of God to bring the word and and the works of Jesus wherever we go. What we do on Sunday prepares us for the other six days. And if the church doesn't teach those who don't know who's going to teach them. It's what we do. We have a new book of common prayer. I mean, we've referred to this a, a lot. I encourage you to get one. Uh, next week, we're going to put uh, a form or an announcement or something in on on what it costs and how you can get one, and if we order in bulk, we can get cheaper prices and all that. So, we might as well do it together. But it's full. This is the scripture reordered for worship and, and devotion. And and there's something so interesting in here. If if things come up and we don't know how to pray for them. There's this whole section, starting on page 642, that's called occasional prayers. These are prayers that you pray occasionally when you have an occasion to do it. Listen to some of the things that it can teach you how to pray on things like, how do you pray for the enemies of the nation? There's a prayer in here. It's, on, it's the 33rd prayer in this section, by the way. So you can go and look it up and find it. How do you pray for farmers? It, it, it teaches you. It gives you some ideas here. How, how do we pray for our nation? How do we pray for prisoners? How do we pray when someone's sick? How do we pray for uh, grace at meals? You know, we have to learn. How to pray and give thanks to God just for our food. And, and some have learned and some, you know, we need to learn. More. It can teach you how to do that. How do we pray for joy at the end of life? This teaches us how. How do we pray for mercy? For trustfulness in times of worry and anxiety? How do we pray for military veterans? for a virtuous hearts. It's 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 full of hundreds of prayers that can teach us and not only a book that we can use on Sunday but a book that can teach us how to have this relationship and this intimacy with God and see his will come to pass the other 6 days. In Colossians which we just read this morning, Colossians 2, starting in verse 6. Paul is talking to the people. uh, that He's he's writing this letter to them. He says, just as you accepted the Messiah, Jesus, as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. He says, let your roots grow down into Him. So, church, I've got a question for you. How do you do that? How do you let your roots, I mean, pretend that you're a plant for a moment. And you're supposed to grow down and have good roots because good roots are going to nurture you and help you to grow, right? And healthy things are supposed to grow and reproduce, bear fruit. So how do you, church, let your roots grow down into Him? Worship. Prayer. Building a relationship with him every day. (laughs) Acts 2.42. Yeah. Look that up. You have homework. Following his example on how to live. That's another way. Uh, Because he says, and let your lives be built on him. That means do what he does. The disciples wanted to follow his example of how to pray because prayer really is foundational. And and then here's the promise. Here's the promise. Let your roots grow deep. Be rooted so that you start to grow. Then your faith will grow strong. And faith, what have I told you every time you read the word faith, think? Think what? Faithfulness. Think faithfulness, because it means so much more than just what you believe between your ears. It means your faithfulness, your persistence in doing what you know between your ears he wants you to do. So, if you will do this, if you will build your roots and let your roots go down into Him, this intimacy of knowing Him and this dedication of following His example, then your faithfulness will grow strong in the truth that you were taught. And you'll overflow, you'll bear fruit with thankfulness. You need to be rooted. You need to be growing. You need to bear fruit. Healthy things do. Are you rooted? Are you growing? Are you bearing fruit? Be honest. It all comes back to the roots. It all comes back to the roots. It all comes back to the roots. Your intimacy with God. your following the example of Jesus. It's your union with him that completes you. So, today's lesson, learn how to pray, learn from our master, learn from the, the things that we do on Sunday, so that we don't just do it on Sunday, but we do it every day as he sends us out to do those things. Amen? Amen. Amen.